Welcome y'all again to the Texas Half Court Trap Podcast. This is a Project Spurs production. Uh, Jonas Clark here uh, as your host, staff writer over at Project Spurs. Joining me again, uh, we have Steven Anderson from Project Spurs, covers UIW Cardinals, the San Antonio FC, the Spurs, just absolutely everything for Project Spurs. And we welcome back Aaron Million. He was out on assignment last week and he's back today. Uh, What's up, buddy? Steven, how you guys doing? Doing well, Jonas. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> it's good to it's good to be back. I feel like we got we finally got the full full dream team has assembled. We're about to get on in it. There we go. We really do, of course, appreciate uh, Damian Bartonek for stepping in last week, Aaron. When you couldn't make it here, he yeah. Shout out covers, Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he too covers uh, Texas State. Um, and so it was awesome to have him in here. We'll get him back on the show again, uh, here in the future. Uh, but guys, the Texas half court trap podcast, we cover everything college basketball here in the two one Oh and surrounding area. Uh, of course, basketball, given the half court trap, we've touched on football before. Um, if you go back to last week's episode, Steven gave you a little bit of information about uh, the football team. We're still waiting on more. Uh, be sure to follow Stephen. We'll get the, We'll drop his handle here at the end of the show uh, regarding updates on the football program and where that's at. What's what, what's holding everything up? We know it's a new strain of COVID that they're kind of worried about. Check out last week's episode, of course, uh, here at Project Spurs Network. But be sure to follow Stephen. We'll give his handle later. But Stephen, I want to come right to you, man. Right here out of the gate, the UIW Cardinals. Uh, they had. Two games last week didn't get canceled. There, it's the Cardinals are in a unique situation as opposed to the rest of basketball because they don't play back to backs uh, in conference. They're just kind of playing one games and then they're going to come right back through the schedule and play their conference teams again. Uh, how did how did the Cardinals do this last week? Well, they only uh, they lost to SFA by eighteen points, so there's that. But I mean, overall, <laughs> not a good performance for UIW. They just look kind of. Kind of bland. They kind of looked like they didn't want to be on the court. And honestly, given how things are in the world, how the weather was last week, I probably wouldn't want to be on the court either playing basketball. But unfortunately, it is what you have to do. So it is still not a good game for them overall. I mean, we talked about playing conference last week. And when you play your conference team, you need to be you know on the ball from the moment that ball goes in the air. Unfortunately, they were not. And um, I'm more interested to see how they're going to respond because – you beat, or sorry, you lose to an SFA team, 83 to 65. And then that was last Saturday or the 16th. Was this, yeah. So last Saturday, um, and they don't play again until they play AM Corpus Christi uh, on Saturday, a week later. So that's not mm. a normal thing as you talk. Very about weird that. schedule. Yeah, that's not a normal thing. You th- you see that either in soccer or in football when you play like one at once a week. Right. So this is not a normal schedule. So I'm wondering to see how the rest is going to be. There are things like that. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, awesome. jumping off that, Stephen, too. You know, I was there actually covering the game with Sport Radar too. Uh, no one wanted to be there, man. Rainy, cold, you know, <laughs> bad bad environment all around. You know, me and Jonas have talked a little bit on it of how you know right now with COVID too, with limited capacity, limited fans. It really is a bring-your-own-energy kind of environment. UAW doesn't have the biggest quarter of the teams we cover, so you can kind of see where that might not transition over. The, the main thing my takeaway from that game was the lack of scoring from our, our usual guys. You know, Keiston Willis, uh, Southland Conference freshman of the year last year, I mean, only 15 points, which is actually pretty human for him. 
four of 13 from the field, one for five from three. So that right there, that's your main go-to guy. He's not getting you buckets. Des Ballantyne tried to add 10, you know, Drew Lutz, love Drew Lutz, love his ball movement. He didn't have the usual amount of assists today too. So you can kind of see where their offense was lacking a little bit. You can count that off to SFA defense as well, but definitely had to agree with you on that one. It was just a rainy muggy game all, all the way around. Just everyone's ready to go home. Everybody's ready to get out of there. So yeah, hopefully they can bounce back. That is a very odd schedule though. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at what um, the, the, that loss against Stephen F. Austin means for the their season projection and everything, SFA is no pushover team either, right? They're, yeah. they, they're there towards the top of the Southland Conference. I believe they actually got them the last time they played as well, too, like last season going back. So th- that's usually a good rivalry in every sport as well. But yeah, basketball, they're definitely... It looked a little bit almost just maybe outclassed a little bit on defense. It, it, you can just see their offense was not transitioning over. Well, mm-hmm. we know that they're just kind of getting back in the swing of things. We talked before about how their um, season got interrupted. We talked, we went extensively into the COVID conversation last week. And, of course, go back and listen to that previous episode. We're not going to dive into it here tonight. Uh, but uh, check out last week's episode. That's what it's there for. Uh but so the Cardinals moving forward, um, it's going to be a minute before they have to play. What is the, what, what can they do? I guess uh, in, in just your guys' opinions, having covered the team, having watched the games, uh, what can they do maybe to, to find some foundational success? Do the, do the basics, the small things, uh, what gets them back into the season? Yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one, Jonas, because uh, I think a lot of a lot of you know Cardinal fans would say too, this team goes as Gigi as Adima goes. Really, I mean, he is their biggest guy, biggest wing, the biggest post presence you have in this game. He gets some early fouls; they're in trouble, you know. Especially when they only have five fouls too. I mean, their their rotation really does take a hit when him or Bradley Aquile. I mean, those are their big guys, and so when you I mean, the Spurs are having this issue sometimes. When you're big guys, when you're so limited up front and then you get into foul trouble early, man, it's tough. I mean, every single person in that arena, everyone on the court, all their team guys, team facility, everyone knows Gigi is the key. He's the key to all of it. I mean, he's the key to their screens that they're getting open. He's the key to, you know, rebounding, a post presence, anything like that. Establishing that early and keeping those guys out of foul trouble is one of the biggest ways they can improve, you know, in this downtime of learning, you know, watching film. Where to, where to maybe take away a foul or bounce out, you know, give up a basket as opposed to giving up a critical foul where we can't give you minutes. Good point, Aaron. Uh, Steven, any follow-up additions? Yeah, so they're just, they're just gonna have to come out and just be aggressive from the moment that ball goes in the air. Like I said before, I mean, we did not see that happen this time around. So, I mean, they're gonna have to be on the ball from the minute the ball goes up and just be aggressive, drive the paint, stick to your game plan, and see what happens. I mean, AM Corpus Christi is not no SFA, and they're I think they're a little bit of a lesser team than SFA, but at the same time, you see what happens in college games and professional games when the team takes the other one lightly and you don't want that to happen with UIW. So that's what I think needs to happen. They need to be focused from the minute the ball goes in the air. A great point. Hopefully they can do that. We'll get into their upcoming action here shortly, but first I want to take a, a little trip up the road. We're going to uh, head on up to the 512 and Texas State Bobcats. Yeah, man, we're having a good time up here right now, especially, you know, uh, Caleb Asbury today wins Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. 
that's really big. You know, his two games this last weekend, he had 18 and 23, game one and game two. He already is coming off the Pioneer Challenge MVP as well when they went up to Denver and got those two games. So, you know, coming out with a sweep, that's that's always nice, especially, you know, when you're trying to get into Sunbelt Conference play. The Bobcats are up this week again in Little Rock. So, you know, they have these two road games. It is kind of tough, though, Jonas. I was really sad last week. We missed two Bobcat road games with COVID protocols. So that officially is every team that we cover here on the Texas Half Court Trap. They have had some semblance of a schedule, postponement, rearrangement, you know, uh, losing home games, losing road games. You're trying to play in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of the sign of the times, you know, schedule postpones or they, they've officially infiltrated, every, you know, all right. of it, man. So that's all three of our teams. Luckily, the Bobcats only missed these two last games at home. But they're only going to have these last two road, these last two home games at the end of the month, I believe the 27th and 29th. So that's a month away from Strahan Coliseum, a month away from, you know, a limited capacity fans. Uh, these first two games, I mean, I want to point out again with Asbury, they're 5-0 and when he's leading and scoring, man. It seems wow. like they found their two guard. Seems like Mason Harrell's definitely their bona fide one. So, I mean... It's the Asbury takeover, man. They're saying ever since he got the blonde dreads haircut, dude, he's he's unstoppable. I mean, he's <laughs> he's looking really good. He's really stepping into his game. Uh, if, if you check it out on our our handle as well, you know, we have a great video of uh, the team actually letting him know. And, you know, just it, it seems like they're all behind him. It seems like everybody's rooting for him, which is always great to see. But, yeah, 5-0 and when he's leading in scoring. The Bobcats are 6-0 and when they shoot over 50%. So, I mean, it looks like this team is really good to go if they can really make their shots. They're, they had a 9-2 run to come back in that second game. They were only trailing 0-2. You know, that, that's the only time they were right. down the whole second game. And they end up going up, uh, I think it was 15-4 to before the first media timeout. So that whole second game was just, you know, completely out of the books for them. But, uh, you know, that they, like I said, though, the, the, those records, when they get their scoring going, 5-0 and when they hold their opponents under 40% on defense as well. 4-0 and they shoot over 60, 60 points. So, I mean, it really comes down to scoring with the Bobcats, man. If they can get it going, I guess follow Caleb Asbury. Like, whoever it is leading the charge, get behind him and, you know, go full speed because this team can go when they get going. Nice. It's an element of look good, feel good, play good. As <laughs> yeah, far yeah. as getting down. You know, speak on that, Jonas. They're 2-1 and one now wearing the alternate black jerseys. So hey. look good, play good, feel good. Very true. There you go. And they are 3-1 uh, and one on the month. They haven't lost since the new year, uh, January, so January 1st. Well, they lost the first day of the year. So uh, on January count, yeah. 1st against Lafayette, <laughs> but that, I mean, you could call it the 2020 hangover, right? Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> and, and they've got some games coming up this weekend and we can get into that a little bit more, but Asbury uh, or Asbury, sorry, with, with his performances as of late, the three game win streak for the Bobcats, that does put them on top of the Sunbelt conference at the moment. Uh, big time, uh, and and you just love to see that representation uh, locally uh, coming out yeah. of it. Now leading their conference. Uh, yeah, and you know this team was actually on top of the Sun Belt last year when the season got postponed. They were actually going to make a run at the Sun Belt title last season. So I think there's a little bit of you know there's a little bit last season. These guys, all five of the starters, played big minutes last year. So there's unfinished business going on with the Bobcats, and so far they're handling that business. <laughs> Nice. And as we've talked about multiple times, uh, Damian mentioned it the other on the last episode, you'd mentioned it uh, the episode before that with what the program's going through in terms of uh, coaching change and how, moving right. forward past that. It's huge to pick right back up. 
Well, Texas State's having a great time. And, and if, to bring it back down to the 2-1-0, uh, the Roadrunners aren't, yeah. to, to put it lightly. <laughs> they, uh, they've dropped to another uh, road series with Louisiana Tech. Um, both games on the road last week uh, in, uh, I think it's Ruston. I'm already moved past my notes from that game <laughs> in terms of coverage. We're moving away. We got a home series this weekend, but uh, they're, they're, they've only won one game in conference still, one in five in conference since the play has started this new year. And that was the second game against North Texas at home. So it's a little bit frustrating there. Um, it, it, they look really just out of sorts. The, the guard play, it's a heavy guard team and the guard play is just not there, including coming from Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace. Uh, they're, they're having decent games in terms of scoring, but the, the shot attempts is really taking them out of it. And when you're allowing your, your opponent to shoot 50% or higher, or at least close to it, you're, and you're not making your baskets early on, it's going to hurt you. Uh, Aaron, do you have anything to, to kind of – Yeah, man, about? you know, going off of that too, usually Javon Jackson has the ultimate green light. You know, we're not usually on here complaining about his shot choice because he usually makes those shots. But when you're not making them, then people are going to start saying, you know, this is the Steph Curry effect. You know, is right. he ruining the game? And at the end of the day, it really comes down to shooting. You know, shooter, shoot, you got to keep going. You know, Jonas, just looking at their record, though, man, you talk about needing a home game. They're 5-1 and one in the convo, 0-7 oh on the road. I mean, that's just yeah. – you talk about a season that's not really going the way you want it to, especially, you know, just trying to reschedule games and moving around games back and forth. It seems – I mean, if they could really just play all their games at home, they'd be nationally ranked. It, it, it's kind of tough. I mean, I, I we've talked about this kind of transitioning of if, if they're an energy team or if they're one of those right. teams that – needs a big play or needs a big Jacob Germany dunk to, you know, start playing and cutting a little bit harder. I mean, you're, you're already playing with a limited fan capacity. Some of these road games, man, I mean, they're just, it looks like they don't even want to be on the court. You know, they're getting run off by 30 and 40 points sometimes. So I, I mean, it seems like we're all kind of looking for a question as a, you know, putting our, putting our project Spurs analyst hats on of, you know, what's going on with the runners. It seems like we always have every, every episode of half court trap. There's one team that we're like, well, what's going on? And then, you know, this team figures right. it out. And then the next team's struggling a little bit or their, their game gets postponed right now, man, we got to analyze the runners and figure it out. Yeah. And, and with UTSA, uh, it's just, I, I know you bring up the five and one record at home, but a lot of that's just this, the pre-conference play and True. The Lamar university coming yeah. in and our lady of the lake with the saints. Like those are. Yeah. Easy that's wins. Let's, call them, let's call them what they are. Games, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That, that's called, let's call those what those yeah. are. Um, and so they're going to be back uh, in the convocation center this weekend. Um, we'll go over the schedule here later we'll on. We'll be there for but that first, one. First, I want to, yeah, exactly. I want to bring Steven back in here, though, because I want to have a conversation, guys. And this, uh, it stems out of my coverage for UTSA. And I want to, I want to talk about this locally and see if it's, if you guys are noticing this anywhere else or, uh, and, and, uh, and what to do about it. But uh, hero basketball, right? Uh, you, every team has leaders and you're supposed to have leaders. Leaders uh, are supposed to set the pace, set the tone. They're supposed to be a backbone for you to rely on and set the foundation um, for, for how a game is supposed to go. 
Uh, speaking from the UTSA side of things, uh, Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, you, you look at uh, those are the two stars. They're seniors at UTSA. They've uh, definitely been around the block. They the are super seniors. Number. They're, well, they're looking at their super senior year. Potentially, they're, this is year four for them. Um, but they are, what they are is they, they're both top 10 career active scorers in NCAA Division I basketball. That includes your programs like Duke and uh, Kentucky, Miami, uh, uh, Gonzaga, everything like that. But, of course, a lot of those programs don't have guys that stick around for four years, right. uh, especially starting guards. But – the question is, is this element of hero basketball, how much is too much for, uh, for leaders on a team to try to carry that load before they pass it off? Both players have struggled from the floor. Uh, they were a combined 11 of 40 in the last game. That's tough. Um, I'm noticing that it's affecting UTSA. Steven, I want to bring it around to you, UIW. Just uh, We can talk about UIW. We can talk about uh, if you've seen it anywhere else, collegiately, professionally. But hero basketball, how do you handle it? I mean, I'm sure all three of us have seen Russell Westbrook in the NBA <laughs> at times. Just we've seen Russell Westbrook's in college, too. <laughs> completely just chucking up shots, right? We've all seen that. Uh, right. James Harden, same thing, even, even though his bud just got traded to Brooklyn. I mean, we've, we've all seen the professionals do it. In college, though, that's where I think they're more lenient towards it. Is it right? Probably not because you're hurting your own team in the process. Right. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, you don't see it as much or you do see it, but it's not called out as much in college. And I think that's where things need to take a little bit of a stand, develop those um, skills or those or maybe develop those, get rid of those bad habits at an early career, start of your career, because that will translate into something else as we see with Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry in, in the, uh, it was in his golden years at the time. <laughs> I mean, uh, we've seen that happen from time to time. As far as I, I think coaches need to put a rein on it in the college level. Mm. Um, we can talk about UTSA or UIW, Texas State, St. Mary's, whatever. I mean, it, does, it doesn't have to be schools that we're covering. It could be right. national schools like Ohio State or whatever because you see this happen all the time. And it doesn't – it only leads – in some cases, it can lead to a win, which is great. But in yeah. most cases, it doesn't. In most cases, yeah. your yeah. team losing and losing badly. And at the end, you look at the guy that shoots, uh, let's just say he shoots two for 50, two, two for 45. And yeah, he took 45 shots. I made him take 45 shots. Um, that's <laughs> how much of a hero ball he is. And I'm thinking, you're shooting two for 45, and yet we lost by 15 points. So what the hell is going on? Yeah, that that's okay in college. But when you get to the NBA, your butt is going to be in the free agent market if you do something like that. So, I mean, it's about managing. Absolutely. Those- early it's about managing those and getting rid of those bad habits early you know when you say that it it might lead to a win or it it might not you know uh the real question is with coach Henson how much Javon Jackson equates to a win he can shoot you into a game and he can shoot you out of a game yeah you know in terms of even you know with coach Johnson of Texas State you know how much do you rely on Asbury when he's so young I mean it's the second year on the court do you really, you know, rely on him all the way? Do you follow the hot hand? Or is this more about, you know, replacing your Sunbelt Conference player of the year last year with Nigel Pearson? You know, even in terms of UIW, if you want to do our, you know, do the full half-court trap here, 
I mean, you, you have to wonder, do, do you rely on Drew Lutz to run your entire offense and initiate it? He's a great ball handler, great facilitator. Or do you, you know, maybe try and rely on your freshman of the year, Keaston Willis? You know, how much hero ball equates to a win and how much of it keeps you in a game? How much of it is costing you a game? Is How much of the detrimental effect is there is really to analyze and look at? It's a great point there, Aaron. And it makes me think even more so about the impact on the program as a whole in the immediacy and in the long run. Because in the immediacy, if, it, if you're relying on hero basketball and your hero's not showing up, uh, it's, like, it's like Batman showing up and not being ready to fight. And then like, you're just kind of SOL? What? You're just going to say, like, <laughs> sorry, we, we kind of lost this one. No, they're, they're, Robin has to take over, right? right. Robin has to just lead, the, lead the charge. And how much, like, like, uh, how much does it, does it impact as the team when the coach says, or the coach doesn't rein the player in, as you guys are both speaking on, uh, if the coach is letting that player continue to just shoot, shoot out, out, of, the, out of the roof, uh, breaking attempts, like they're, they're, they're obviously not hitting. But that also says to the rest of your team, I, I'm just going to keep drawing it up for him because I need him to get hot because you guys can't do this. Is, is, am I reading too much into this? Or is that a message that, that's going out to the team that I, I don't believe you can do this? I, I want to come to you first, Aaron, then I'm going to come to you, Steve, and just go ahead and follow up, please. Yeah, for sure, man. Because, like, you know, one of my favorite things to do, you know, behind the lens is I love kind of getting over by the bench and listening. It's, you know, it's kind of tough with code regulations. But with UTSA, I will say that team knows how to, you know, support whoever's going. If Javon Jackson is going, they're behind him. When Javon Jackson isn't going, they're still behind him. And I understand that that's a very good quality to have as a teammate. But as a coach, as you're, you know, leading the ship, I, you know, we, Jonas, we've said this a little bit too. We want to see a little bit more Eric Parrish. We want to see a little bit more Phoenix Ford. You know, we want to yeah. see some guys Ivy doing Curry. a little bit more, you know, even, even if it's not so much taking the ball out of Jackson's hands or you don't want to take him off the court, have, have Keaton initiate the offense, you know, have Zumble initiate the offense or something to where he's just a two guard who naturally scores the ball. You've seen this a lot with basketball, yeah. especially in the NBA where, you know, it's a point guard who doesn't really, he's not a true point guard. That's a two. Allen Iverson was a two. You know, Kobe Bryant's a two. They had the ball all the time, but at the end of the day, sometimes your leader maybe shouldn't have the ball all the time. Maybe sometimes your leader should be reined in the way Pop reined in Tim Duncan. Ah, I like it. Steven. There we go. I was like, I was on mute. I was like testing if I'm on mute. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would agree. I mean, I think that it's, it's you mentioned, uh, Aaron, you mentioned uh, pop rating in Tim Duncan a little bit and that's way, I mean, I'm for, sure for all of us, that's like going back to when we were kids <laughs> when that first happened. I'm talking like, you know, 10, 11 years old. And now we're all of us are in our twenties or late twenties or whatever. So that's in the Spurs. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I, that's what I'm, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, Aaron. That's what I'm trying to th- say. It's like, you want to see coaches rein that in early mm-hmm. and in it, whether it's at the professional level, the college level, you want to see them rein that in. And I think that's exactly what Pop did with, with Timmy. He reined him in early. Like, hey, you're, you're not going to be that guy here. You're not yeah. doing that. Here. But the thing is, 
because we're talking about the Spurs, I'll relay it back to the Spurs. Uh, you don't see that a lot with coaches nowadays. That's why a lot of players like a LeBron James, like a James Harden, like a Russell Westbrook cannot come and be with the Spurs because they know the type of guy that Pop is, the type of coach Agreed. that Pop is. And I think a lot of co- players, and I think it was Tim or Tony or Manu, one of those big three said that not every player can be a spur not because they're not spectacular and talented, but because of their mindset and because of that mindset of you have to listen to what your coach is telling you. Uh, for example, we saw with, with Kawhi Leonard, I, I'm sorry for guys for cursing that, cursing that word out there, but I mean, <laughs> we saw that with Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi could never pull the stuff that he is pulling right now in LA. Oh yeah. No way. Yeah, Thank, uh, that's such a good point. Thank you. Yeah. We're not going to be resting him. I'm going to take games off that I want to take off. You know, I'm going to Paul George and I'm going to take this game. We don't feel like playing today, pop. So we're going to pop. I, pop is not the type of guy. Like, okay, cool. You guys take the day off. No worries. He's going to get after them. And I think that's a massive reason why he left, why there was such a rip. And I think that's why a lot of young players like Kawhi, and they're coming into the NBA now or going to be coming in the NBA in the future need to realize this is not all fun and games. I mean, yeah, you're getting paid a big bucks to do your job, but there's a real aspect to this that you guys need to learn. And I think that's the main thing. I'll get you one second here. That's the main thing is that I think a lot of these teams, a lot of these young kids don't realize. And I think that's why hero ball is so predominant now is because of that reason. Yeah, I was going to say, Jonas, in a roundabout way, we answered that question because you're not reeling it in in college. And then where do the, you know where do the good college players go? They're superstars. They're going to get their way. They've been getting their way since AAU tournaments. Let's let's be honest here. Right. But, but yeah, I love that that you know some guys. Kyrie Irving obviously has the talent to be on the Spurs. I don't think he could really be on the Spurs. You know, there's there's a lot of guys even you know with our teams and our coverage where they have the talent to do it. It's almost a bit of uh, not humbling. You don't want to you know talk about someone's character, but just having someone humble you. Maybe, you know, I, you know, I always say if you're humbled, you don't get humbled by life. You know, you're already humble going into it. That might have a little bit, into, you know, especially we're talking about superstars, star power, you know, that, that, that might have something to do with it. Well, I, I question even so with, you know, when we speak about the level, the level that we cover on the Texas Half Court Trap podcast at the college level, and specifically with UTSA, UIW, the Bobcats, I mean, we're not talking about Zions and Curry yeah, that right. are going to the <laughs> league as lottery picks. We're talking about guys that are hope there are are let's be, again be honest and, and at uh, about the level of basketball we're talking about. These are guys that are hoping for an opportunity to get noticed in the second round. Uh, undrafted free agency, uh, somewhere, on a, somewhere on a European team. Yeah, so so these are guys that are going to not be the man for very much longer. Um, yeah, and and when you have a like college basketball, especially at the mid major level that we're kind of talking about here, um, this should be about developing guys, developing a team. Uh, I mean, you look at all those star-driven teams that you guys mentioned at the next level and, and what do all of them have in, in common is that they all rely on the star and they yeah. go as the star goes. Yeah. But what you have when you have talent depth, which I believe that a program like UTSA has talent depth, but when, when you have two players that take 50% of your shots for the night and they only make 11, 11 of them over the course of the evening and you lose – by 18 points 
um, in, in a conference game, that's a little bit hard to swallow. So with the with the hero ball at this level, I mean, we're talking about two seniors. And for me, I, I think that I could take this either way. Uh, if uh, of, of two ways that Coach Henson could be looking at this. And one way that he could be looking at this is saying that I've got two guards who are nationally recognized in terms of their scoring ability. They've been on the highlights on uh, Sports Center top 10. And that's great for the university. That's great for scouting. That's great for um, just recognition. And so I need to just get them the basketball because they have a chance to get my school and my team recognized. But at the same time, they're they're hurting the current build. Yeah, the current and, season, the current record. Yeah, and we don't know if these guys are both going to come back to back to school next year. They have the option to, but a guy again, like like uh, and, and even Jacob Germany, he's a second year guy. He's a sophomore right now, but he's going to be back next year. Luca Barisic isn't going to be back uh, unless he wants to take his fifth year. You know that added option. But a, a guy, a young guy who's ready and appears ready to take over this fran this well, this franchise, <laughs> this university, <laughs> yeah. and Jordan Ivy Curry, right? He's he looks like he's got that part, and so, we, like uh, yeah, he's got as, the body for it. He's got that scoring, the athleticism, absolutely right. And as as Spurs fans, just to kind of relate this, I think that we're see- like where I'm seeing a parallel here is veterans getting priority over the youth. And they're taking the shots of the youth. And I understand like, so, so it could be coach Henson is wanting to just get the recognition for Keaton and Javon and give them the opportunity to get their stats up this year to go in the second round. And that looks great for the program. And that helps for recruiting or to get, you know, be signed to a team as an undrafted free agent. And that's great for recruiting, but I'd kind of rather have a good team next year and start get developing these guys for this year and pair, like just kind of paralleling that with the spur. I mean, I'm again, am I wrong here? Am I selfish for wanting UTSA to also prepare for the future while being in the present, Steven? I don't think so. I don't think you are because I mean, you have, you have, like you say, it comes down to coaching and we talk about hero ball uh, in the college level and particularly these two seniors right now this comes down to coaching and i think when it comes down to coaching it they are, remember these kids are what 21 22 years old right. i mean they don't know like oh well this is i guess this is okay if my coach keeps if doesn't say nothing about it but obviously that's not happening here so as far as preparing for the future i think there's a fine line you have to be careful to tread across and you don't want to, you want to make sure your seniors you know ball out do what they can to enjoy their final season but at the same time, look at these freshman, sophomore, you know, junior players and be like, okay, I still have a team to run next year. And most likely these guys are going to be on this team. And so that's where it comes down to, I think. You have to fine line it. And I don't think, I don't think that that you're hindering their seniors by by preparing for the future at all. I think it's just a fine line you have to, you know, to do that. Yeah, Stephen, I'm really glad that you even nailed it on saying it's coaching too, because you know you always wonder is it is it Javon Jackson shooting that many times, or is it him not getting pulled after shooting that many times? He's gonna shoot. That's his game. He's gonna play his game. 
your job is to coach his game. You can't tell him not mm. to play his game. You might not even be in the game to begin with if he's not doing that. But, you know, Jonas, what you're saying is almost as like a, it's a it's a dichotomy between uh, playing for the present and playing for posterity almost like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just hopefully for the future. Uh, you want to look at it last year. I was doing a quick research while you're saying that they were 13 and 19 last year. So it's not exactly like this worked per se. And you're going through the year now and you're five and eight. So you're seeing that this style of ball might not be working, Mike D'Antoni. I mean, if it's not, it's not. <laughs> it's not your fault. You know, you have you have stars. You're going to let your stars go. But it's, right. you know, we've been saying we can keep doing the NBA parallels. I really love it, too, because, like, I mean, to me, Jordan Abbey Curry is our Keldon Johnson, man. I mean, like, everybody loves him. The team loves him. Fans yeah. love his game. I love his game. He's always putting up hooks, always going for the dunk, always going for the slam. Lachlan Bowfinger, man, we haven't talked about it at all. This kid is a ah, dunk yeah. machine, and we never see it. We never see it in game. We never see him getting extended minutes. I mean, I'm not really ever one to tell coaches what to do, but as a, you know, as someone at the game, as someone attending it, analyzing it, I would like to see him personally. I would like to see somebody jump out of the gym and hype your guys up and maybe give you that intensity and that, you know, that, that little bit of hype that you need to get in these games. But we're not even really even seeing these guys get minutes. We're not even seeing them get chances to blow it. You know, you got to let Lonnie Walker run. You got to let Keldon Johnson run. And if they fail, they fail. If they mess up, they mess up, but you can't, you know, I, I like this argument of if do you go with what you know and what has gotten you so far? But I mean, I'm sorry, man. The results aren't there to say that it's gotten you that far. I, I get the scoring, I get the notoriety, I get the, you know, that we have the number two score in the nation here. That's amazing. That's awesome that he's in our backyard, but we could have a nationally ranked team in our backyard as well. It's a possibility, it's not too far off. I love that you mentioned Boffinger. Uh, he's currently averaging right around 14 minutes a game. Nowhere near um, enough. But and, and no, absolutely not. And shooting above 50% right. uh, from the floor. Um, and, and just the energy he brings, again, more guard play, guard play for the future. Uh, I, I think that this could be um, a, a development point for Coach Henson. And this is that we've talked about it, the impact of a coach to rein in these hero ball players. Um, specifically speaking, again, I, I, I would lean on you guys if you guys noticed have noticed this before at Texas State or at UIW. But Coach Henson, when he came in in 2016, you know, he walked in with Keaton and Javon on his team. And right. that was that was the fresh that was a freshman class. Right. And so uh, he, he's looked very successful by running them in the past when they both averaged 20 plus and they're the highest scoring duo in the season uh, just two years ago. And then, uh, but right now it, it kind of looks a little bad and you, you could look at um, coaches like uh, just because I think that it's really easy to, to help parallel in the NBA coaches like Phil Jackson, who go on from the bulls to the, to a loaded Lakers team and just look like the most successful coach of all time. Ever, yeah. Looks like a great coach because he just has LeBron James, the greatest player in the world on his team. And then he falters away from him. Or right, well, right. let me just jump in there real quickly to Jonas and say, add to that. So you said Phil Jackson, I'll throw another one, shoot more in there uh, Two former Spurs, actually Avery Johnson and uh, Steve Kerr. Who, yeah, yeah, man, those Steve are great. Had, I, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, I know you guys may disagree. Some people may not. You guys, maybe no. you will. I don't know. I, others may disagree out there. I'll say it. I don't think Steve Kerr is that great of a coach. I mean, if yeah. he was, I will say this: if he was, 
we would see Golden State be better than what they are right now. And I will say because, but hold on, hold on. I will say because you had a Kevin Durant, you had a Steph Curry, you had a, uh, a Clay Thompson, Draymond Green in their prime, might I add. Yeah, prime. I think yeah. you put any of us to coach yeah. that team. I, I could coach good. three three of the five greatest shooters ever. I think exactly. I could draw so of course, a couple of things of course, Exactly. So, of course, they're going to look good. Any coach would look good. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll flip it over to Avery Johnson now. Avery Johnson had Jason Terry, Dirk Nowinski. You know, he had J.J. Uh, Barea, Jason Kidd. Uh, he, and then take he that away. Point, he goes to right? Brooklyn. He can't win a game. So, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Is, of course, the talent may not always be there. But, of course, your coaching mindset. And, of course, you know coach is going to be successful their first year with a brand-new team. So, you give them time, of course. Right. But even over time, Avery Johnson was still not successful. That's why he did not last very long, and he had to go coach in college. I think Steve Kerr overall, he's going to last a while because, I mean, he's proven, you know, I can win championship. But, again, with some of the best shooters in the history of basketball, can right. he take his Golden State team to an NBA championship in the future? I don't know. But I do think that he's overrated as a coach. That's just my opinion. I know, Aaron, you're probably going to kill me for saying that. but that's what no, I no, 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 no. I like it. It's the take. It's a hot take. I like Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr might just be the uh, the culmination of sitting under Pop and sitting under uh, Phil Jackson that I'm sure he has soaked up a little bit. I do like your point about if they win again in the future, that would that would show me more than having those three guys. I like this, though, and I, I, I want to swing it to one of the teams that we have in that you're talking about coaches that have done not as much with great star power. Terrence Johnson with Bobcats, we lost our star power with Nigel Pearson. We lost mm-hmm. the Sunbelt Player of the Year, highest scoring player in program history. He's doing pretty well with less. And I think that in a roundabout way, maybe not having that star power, I get to see a lot more of these guys do a lot more. The Bobcats have this rotation, man, where, I mean, it's like six guys that came back from last year. They're deep. I mean, and they didn't get as much of a opportunity last year because Nigel's putting up 25 shots a game. He's making 18 of them, which is good. But in terms of maybe doing less with more, I really like, I really, really like what our coach is doing right now, man. I mean, it, it's kind of tough, especially, you know, just record wise, if they can, if they're better now without him, I don't really, I don't think you can say that's because of Nigel Pearson. If they're better this year than they were last year, you can say that's because of Terrence Johnson, especially with what's nice. going on with replacing Kenny Kaspar. And, you know, we talked a little about the last episode with Damian as well, of what's going on just up in San Marcos. You know, for a coach that came into the season on the hot seat without star power, without someone to shoot him in and out of games, Terrence Johnson's doing it out of any of the coaches that we have right now. Yeah, and, and I think that that's going to be the question moving forward. I, I, I don't want to jump the gun too much. I, I, again, because it's hard to jump the gun on a Steve Kerr because it's only been <laughs> uh, you know a, a couple years with injuries and stuff like that. I think that it's too early to jump the gun on saying that Steve Henson can't coach a new class and bring one up and start contending right. for a conference USA, USA title, title right away. But – I think that he's not doing himself any favors at this point by not developing the youth for next year, developing a full rotation outside of just two guys um, and finding other, other players who can provide the spark to the team when they are down and Keaton's not shooting well and Javon's not shooting well. Yeah. Jonas, we've even said too, you know, uh, 
UTSA might have one of the most complete top to bottom rosters of the teams that we have, you know, they have depth up front. They have a depth at guard. I mean, they, they really are top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It seems as though like he, he might have the most complete roster and it seems like UTSA is having the most trouble this episode. We're not going to, you know, make some sweeping generalization. We're just talking about episode four. Hopefully they'll be back by episode five. We're talking about UTSA rallied and, you know, it was amazing. We had such a great weekend at the convo. But, I mean, this week we're, we're talking about Coach Henson wondering what's going on in the rotation. Uh, one last thing on my Bobcats. Terrence Johnson has us getting uh, – we're number 21 in the college insider mid-major top 25. Nice. That's, for, I mean, for us, that's a big deal. I know for oh, Bobcats. A, you know, that's, that's something for Terrence Johnson to hang his hat on, especially losing that star power. It's something that's easily attainable for UTSA. I think it's easily attainable for any of our teams that we're covering. I mean, yeah, in terms of, you know, having that roster and seeing what Henson can do with it, I'm always excited. I'm shamelessly root for any of the teams that we cover. Man, we're there. We might as well, you know. But I I would like to see a little bit of a different rotation this weekend, Jonas. I really would, especially if we're going to be, you know, the two games Friday and Saturday against Southern Miss. Uh, they need they need these games. I think they're must win games. I think even when you're five and yeah. one at home, this is a must win game because of where you are in the conference and where you are record wise. It just is. Yeah, you're one. You're five and one at home, but you're one and five in conference. So uh, you definitely need these yeah. two to climb back into it and take advantage of some home court. Uh, guys, really quick. I mean, I think I think that we've had a great discussion here on Hero Ball, um, and. Uh, what maybe how much is too much, and I think that we all can kind of agree that at some point the coach has to step in and say and, and go to his bench and go to his yeah and just if it means taking the player out of the game entirely, like not for all all forty eight minutes, but I'm just saying for the or, or all forty minutes at the college level, but um just if 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 using Javon as an example, if he can't not shoot when he's out there. Then you've just got to take him out of the game because if he's taking attempts from the rest of the team, he's doing more harm uh, than good. Um, I hope Coach Henson uh, can kind of turn it around and, and lean on his depth a little bit more. But I do, guys, want to take a look at a couple other schools around our area briefly um, and how they're performing as of late. And that starts with, um, let's go ahead and start over with the Our Lady of the Lake Saints, who haven't played yet this month. (laughs) Uh, They will play on Thursday for the first time uh, since 2020. And they're coming off of uh, two straight losses. Uh, They're at the end of the month in December. They did have the postponed game at uh, UTEP. Uh, and they will have Louisiana State University Shreveport coming up on Thursday. They've only got four more games left in their season. Like that's yeah, it, it's kind of tough. I mean, I think we kind of maybe wanted them to be part of the yeah. Texas half court trap, but I mean, they just they haven't really gotten on the court. It kind of it's funny too because the last time we really talked about Olu was their December 12th win at Texas State. So I mean, like I think that might end up being like their season almost was like that game really when you look at it I mean uh, we all obviously we hope they can maybe you know at least they stayed healthy possibly but yeah they're I mean that really is their biggest win of the season uh 
it's their only win of the season, but you can't really say that when they only played four games. Right. But uh, what is important, I think, for uh, the Saints over at Our Lady of the Lake University is they got to play uh, locally. They played Texas State. They played UTSA and they played UIW. All three yeah. games got to go in that it's going to impact recruiting moving forward regardless. And they played uh, well in all three. They they really did. They really did. Uh, I think that maybe the one would have been the UTSA game where, where they got kind of blown out of the convocation center, but they competed and that was uh, what was important. And then you've got the Rattlers, y'all, over at uh, St. Mary's. They're coming off of three straight losses. Um, lost last week to A&M at University of Kingsville in overtime. Uh, I saw that one going around on yeah. Twitter even, where it was just, it was a thriller. Um, they lost 75 to 80, which when you talk about um, just just scoring for for St. Mary's, that's that's a that's a that's a game that's up there. They only scored scored fifty six points in the previous game and sixty seven points. Before yeah, man, that. I actually uh, uh, I covered St. Mary's last year. That team can get up and down. The thing that's kind of tough is they're missing Kobe McGee. I really love Kobe McGee. I love his game. But uh, Caleb Jordan as well. You know, he had seventeen, but he's you know he's trying to do that in a non starting role. We're not really mm-hmm. sure what's going on there. A um, little bit of a you know just rotational wise. Uh, he's your go to guy one year. You know, the next year they're going with Norman Beckford and Tyler Karen. So, I mean, I understand, you know, it, it is kind of it, they're in a bit of a tight spot too, trying to fit in with these games with around postponements and cancellations too. But yeah, 75 points. I mean, th- th- when they can get their point totals in, they can put up points. I mean, they really can. Caleb Jordan had 17, uh, Norman Beckford had 12. He had uh, three other Rattlers in double digits. So, I mean, this team has it as well. They're, they're one of the more top-to-bottom teams I like to watch as well. It's just kind of tough code going on as well. They're actually playing in a closed environment, Jonas and Steven. So, even if you were a St. Mary's Rattlers fan, I mean, you got to watch it online or stream it at, at this point. You know, it's just kind of – at least they're being safe. You know, we'll give them credit for being safe, but it's pretty tough on the team as well, not having fans. And Bill Greedy Arena, they've only played there twice this season. Yeah, unfortunately, it's something that everybody has to deal with. But I think that's going to put a wrap, guys, uh, here on the Texas Half Court Trap podcast um, for this week. Uh, Before we close it out, let's go ahead and look quickly at each school's coming up schedule. We we teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, Steven, let's go ahead and start with you for UIW. Aaron, we'll come down to you for Texas State. And I'll give you guys what's coming up for UTSA. Steven, take it away. All right, so UIW has, well, one game this week, technically. <laughs> it is, it is uh, Texas uh, A&M Corpus Christi, and uh, that game is going to be, I believe, at one third. Let me double-check that to be sure here. Yeah, sorry, 6.30 uh, on Saturday. Well, they changed it today. They did change it today. You're very right. Yeah, so I was about to say, I was like, I know I saw that earlier. So, yeah, so 6.30 uh, at UIW. So, uh, again – pending COVID protocol it's set for is uh, we have to say that now it's uh, we have yeah. to say that now. Uh, it is uh 6 30 uh, on Saturday yes yeah, even we're actually all these games are tentative all these games are fingers crossed for the players and the reporters as well we're saying that because uh the UIW women's team actually they went into COVID protocol today as well they're going to lose about five or six home games on that one so that's pretty tough Texas State, we're going to be playing Louisiana Monroe this week. One game at four on Friday, one game at six on Saturday. And me and Jonas will be at the convo for UTSA. 
Yes, sir. We'll be out there for the UTSA hosting, uh, the Roadrunners hosting Southern Miss uh, this weekend. Again, of course, everything from here's conference play uh, Friday, six o'clock Saturday, you got three o'clock tip. Um, these games, as far as I know, the home games are not on ESPN plus they, the last couple have been on ESPN U. So the road games have uh, been on ESPN plus, but, uh, I think you're going to have to have ESPN U. the Southern miss, uh, it, uh, I think golden Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, uh, three and three in conference play. Um, they're coming off of two straight wins. UTSA, of course, two straight losses after dropping their uh, series last weekend um, to Louisiana Tech. So uh, we already mentioned how big this is for for UTSA. They've won in the Convocation Center uh, early on in the season, but this is conference play. Conference play is different. They are one and one at home uh, after splitting the North Texas series. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, and if you to keep an eye on how everything's going down, you can follow Project Spurs Network at Project Spurs on Twitter. Um, I you'll find all of our coverage for all of these teams uh, here locally on there. Um, so at Project Spurs and ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Uh, I know specifically, you know, you'll catch my uh, recaps and mid-game previews and stuff like that on there. But uh, to bring it around the horn, Stephen, how can everybody follow you? Um, for your coverage on not just UIW and basketball, but everything you do out there um, on social media. Uh, you guys, for specifically for sports, you guys can, or, and maybe some TV stuff if you're interested, you guys can follow me on Twitter at the Stephen A. I got uh, San Antonio FC coming up. Uh, so got, they got some, made some signings this week. Obviously, UIW football, uh, spring season, a rare spring season, is coming up for them as well. And, of course, uh, we are now in a brand new year. It's 2021, so I am back covering TV shows and all that stuff from across the world. So you guys can follow me on there as well. And uh, tomorrow, guys, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, there's this little thing happening in Washington tomorrow, the inauguration. So uh, you guys want to follow me oh, on yeah. that, you guys? You guys can follow me over at Steven Reports for all the all day coverage starting at 8 a.m. So it should be fun tomorrow. Awesome. So, yeah, if you want uh, professional political coverage, you can go to Steven, Steven Nail, <laughs> that. For unprofessional political coverage, <laughs> feel free to go to AA7RN on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, no, for real actual sports coverage as well as game galleries. We're going to have our half court trap side up here. Really looking forward to that with all of our game day updates, game day coverage, game day galleries, all of it's going up on the Project Spurs network here real soon. So stay tuned for that as well. Awesome. Aaron, of course, the only one of us you can find on Instagram <laughs> with that, <laughs> that at a The brand is strong. The brand is oh, strong. And, and Steven, you're on Instagram too? Oh, same I, I, I yeah, didn't for sure. <laughs> say, don't leave me out of this. <laughs> Uh, my IG is nothing, nothing to write home about. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of weird stuff out there. But Twitter, uh, if you guys are looking for the updates on UTSA basketball, um, at Jark Clonus on Twitter. And, of course, I'll share my halftime re- uh, recaps and, and game recaps um, on there as we get into the Southern Miss series. So, um, y'all, for I think that's going to do Definitely. it for this weekend on the ha- Texas Half Court Trap podcast. For Steven Anderson, Aaron Million, I'm Jonas Clark. This has been a pro- uh, Project Spurs production of the half- Texas Half Court Trap Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.